0: You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com.
1: If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony,
2: well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage podcast.
3: So, there was an election last Tuesday here in the United States where most of you podcast listeners are located and hopefully most of you voted and hopefully most of you voted for Democrats. I trust among my listenership there are few Republicans or few Republicans who would admit it, uh, admit that they're among my listenership or admit that they are Republicans to me. And I just want to say, remember 2004. Remember how bad that felt when George W. Bush got his slimy-ass reelected, And remember how estranged you felt from your fellow Americans, from your country, from your democracy. And what did we do? Well, two years later, in 2006, we took the House. Two years after that, in 2008, we elected this Barack Obama dude who, you know, didn't turn out to be the Messiah, but is certainly a much better president than George W. Bush ever could have been, or was. And so what are we going to do over the next couple of years as we stare down the barrels of 2012? We're not going to fucking cry. Well, we'll cry for a week. But then after that, and this is the week is up. It's a Tuesday, a week later. We're going to cry for a week, done crying. We're going to organize. We're going to raise money. We're going to pay fucking attention. We're going to fight back. We're going to win. Remember, they only took the House. They didn't even take the Senate, in part thanks to self-inflicted wounds, the Republican Party and the Tea Party. You look at the races for Senate in Nevada, Delaware, West Virginia, Alaska. They could have had a much better night. They could have taken the Senate too. It could have been much more demoralizing, much more depressing. And remember, Barack Obama still has a veto pen. It's not like the Republicans are in charge. They're only in charge of the House of Representatives. And they won't be in charge of the House of Representatives Forever. Control of the house has shifted back and forth since 1994 more rapidly than it used to. Sorry for the history lesson on the sex show. So don't think just because they got it now, they got it forever. The Dems only got it four years ago. The R's got it now. We can get it back in two or four years ourselves. If we don't fold up, puss out, pardon me, fold up, testy out, and act like taking control of the house means taking the house forever they have control of it for now and we democrats reasonable people sensible people the reality-based community we will grab it back from their slimy lying asses in two or four or six years however long it takes and now uh back to work back to your sex questions of course here on the podcast because that's the work at hand here for me in the tech savvy at risk youth but also back to work politically in the trenches uh engaging in the fight fighting the good fight uh defeating the bastards Taking them on, taking them out, winning back the house, keeping control of the Senate in two years, and uh reelecting Barack Hussein Obama in two years. Just to fucking ruin Sarah Palin's day. Your calls after this. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com where you can find over eighteen thousand adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive fifty percent off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping. Visit adamandeve.com and enter savage at checkout. This podcast is brought to you by audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage.
1: Hi, Dan. i um, got a quick question for you. Actually, two, hoping maybe you can help out. First is that I'm seeing a self-identified poly girl and I'm just a little curious to know if that makes me poly by default or proxy or whatever. Um, So yeah, that's my first part. Second part is that seeing her, you know, and having her tell me that she is polyamorous and all that stuff, I'm wondering... If her behavior that I'm witnessing is appropriate, um, she kind of, for lack of a better term, sucks out, like when we're at bars and stuff like that. And like, I know, I realize that, you know, that's part of, the, somewhat part of the agreement. but um, I don't know if, you know, that follows the rules of it or I'm really confused about it.
3: Dating a bi person doesn't make you bi necessarily. Dating a black person doesn't make you black Dating a gay person doesn't make you gay if you're bi. Uh, dating a poly person doesn't make you necessarily poly, but it does mean that you are in an open relationship if that's what she wants, if that's the price of admission that she's demanding and it's a price you're willing to pay. You may not be poly. You may prefer to be monogamous. You may have no other partners, uh, but your significant other uh, identifies as poly. You know, there's a difference, though, between identifying as poly and being poly and just being an appalling uh, slut. Not that I'm engaging in any slut shaming here. I believe, I think slut is a wonderful word and I'm using slut in the sex positive sense. But if she's acting out in public – acting out, I'm making her sound like a child. If she's behaving in public in ways that make you uncomfortable, that make you feel that she doesn't value you or that you aren't comfortable with in a partner – then you should dump her. Polly or no, Polly. Like, Polly's kind of irrelevant to that. If she's out of control, you know, if she's snooky when you go to a bar and you put a drink in her and you don't like that, that has nothing to do with Polly or not Polly. That just has to do with drunken hoe or no drunken hoe. And if you don't want to be in a relationship with a drunk hoe, Polly or no, dump her.
0: Hi, I'm a 30-year-old straight female and I am actually calling to ask about cock rings. I've used them in the past with other guys, and they've had a nasty habit of getting pubic hair wrapped around them, which is not fun during sex. So I'm wondering if you can suggest a good cock ring that won't get pubic hair wrapped around it during sex, or if maybe, you know, you're going to have to just shave it and get over it. And it's usually the guy's pubic hair to be specific, not mine. Um, So yeah, that's my question. Also, if you have any suggestions on um, wireless uh, vibes or wireless eggs that can go into the cock ring, because having a wire there just doesn't really work. You usually end up having it by your knee and it goes off at at really weird times and it just doesn't work so well.
3: Do I have to think of everything? You know, there's a there's a point between long, scraggly pubic hairs wrapped up around a, a cock ring and being yanked out and just shaving. It's called trimming. It's called cutting back. Just get a freaking scissors and make it all less than, you know, a half an inch long. And it can't wrap then around the cock ring and torture him by yanking out his pubes mid-action. You can also get a nice fat chrome cock ring uh, and pubic hairs then – and they're a little uh, – not oval. They're sort of flattened and round uh, and pubic hairs are less likely to be able to wrap around. If what you're using are sort of jelly bands or plastic cock rings or this really stretchy ones, yeah, those are going to rip out pubic hairs. So don't use those. Invest in quality cock rings. As to your other question, a vibrating cock ring without wires – there are vibrating cock rings. There are vib- cock rings with built-in vibrators that don't have wires that have little tiny batteries in them and uh, will do the trick. Go to any big sex store website or any walk into any sex toy shop in America, and you can find vibrating cock rings. And most of them are under thirty bucks, so there's no excuse to be jerry-rigging up uh, your own vibrating cock ring when you have options. And you can stimulate the economy, which will help the Democrats in 2012. If you go buy these – look for American-made, but go buy these cock rings. Create some jobs. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter savage at checkout.
4: Hey there, Dan. Um, so my girlfriend and I are pretty uh, environmentally conscious individuals. I work for an activist. Scene. She works for a pretty well-known animal cool animal rights um, advocacy group uh, she is a very, very strict vegan. I um, am not so strict. Um, we've been together about mm, five, almost five years, and um, I have not changed my diet at all since I've met her, um, and my diet uh, is and was even before that, um, that I eat vegan, you know, 59 days out of 60, and one day I will uh, find myself in the company of a cooked dead animal, um And I'm not talking McDonald's here; I'm talking you know local and organic and sustainable, et cetera, et cetera um She finds this disgusting uh she finds it um yeah, totally unacceptable and what happens now is that um I will you know have myself a hamburger or a piece of fish or something like that, and then she will refuse to sleep with me for about a week or so. Um, even then I'll have to go on a cleanse before she will um, that's kind of her stance on it. Um, sounds kind of may sound kinda of crazy, um, and it is. Uh generally she's a pretty open minded, egoing fun loving girl. Um, but she's got her ideals. Um and uh she um and you know, as you say, you know, price of admission, it's not like I this is a new thing, I know how she is. Um anyhow um, the, uh, crux of the story is that my work brought me to, uh, to Spain a couple weeks ago and, um, I got down with some, uh, paella one night, um, like a seafood paella, some chorizo in it and everything. And, uh, it was one of the last nights actually of the trip. Uh, and, uh, I came home and she asked me if I behaved myself. And when she says that, she doesn't mean, uh, did I fuck anybody? She means... <laughs> you know, what, what, what the size of my, she's referring to the size of the carbon footprint I left behind. Um, and, uh, if I ate any meat, uh, I told her I did behave myself. I lied. Um, and I fucked her, uh, that very night. Um, and, uh, and then my colleague, um, gave us a DVD, gave me a DVD or, you know, a disc with some pictures on it from the trip. And sure enough, there's one of me sitting in front of a big piping hot, plate of paella uh and she um she freaked out and she is um she's genuinely genuinely very upset now it's of course about the lying uh and she's accusing me of turning into a republican based on the meat-eating and the lying um and she is she she's very very upset and doing sex is obviously out of the question at this point for more than one reason um I, at first was on, you know, more high ground or felt that I was, you know, I, you know, felt that I was being controlled and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I just got off of a long trip and I wanted to get laid. And so why shouldn't I lie? Blah, 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 blah. Of course, everybody I've talked to since then has told me, including my friends and family as well as hers have told me, no, 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 you know how she is and you fucking lied. You're the bad guy. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and so I guess before I give in to this idea I just want, and grovel, I just wanted one last opinion. <laughs> uh, what should I do about this here? It was kind of a, an odd question, I know.
3: Tried to call you, but apparently your girlfriend is keeping your cell phone in the same jar that she keeps your nuts in on a high shelf that you can't reach. You need to break up with this bitch. And bitch isn't a word I use lightly or in a gender-specific way. I call men bitches all the time. I'm on a, I'm on a limb here at this show. I'm using slut. I'm using bitch. But you got to dump this controlling, psychotic bitch. All right? Unless this is some, as the tech savvy at-risk youth just put it, unless we're talking about some really top-shelf pussy here, some new, I don't know, genetic mutation, evolutionary adaptation, unless you have some sort of Dyson vacuum technology in her vagina that just sort of sucks the skin off your cock and the drags the cum out of your nuts in a way that no other slightly less batshit crazy girl can. You need to leave her. It's one thing to, you know, be a vegan and work for presumably PETA and be a douchey dick about it. It's another thing to. Believe that you can manipulate and control somebody, and emotionally abuse them, and, and withhold sex as punishment uh, to get your own way, and control their behavior when they're on another fucking continent. You have a right. You got to stand up to her and say, "I'm a vegan fifty-nine days out of sixty. Every once every couple of months, I'm going to have a hamburger." And you know what? If you uh, sustainable, locally produced, grass fed little cow that's been chopped up and ground up into beef, and if you can handle that then I'm not the guy for you because I'm not going to live like this all my life. I'm not going to live all my life worried about getting busted in a relationship where you feel like you have to police me and everything that goes into my mouth that isn't you. You need to make putting up with you eating meat occasionally the price of admission that she has to pay to be with you as opposed to you running around and hiding and feeling paranoid as the price of admission you pay to be with her. And if she was my girlfriend, I would be filling a waterbed with sheep's blood right now and fucking her on it without telling her. And the pillows would be full of ground beef. And then I'd tell her so she'd leave me in peace. And yeah, you lied. Oh, fuck your friends and fuck her friends and fuck her family and your family. Yeah, you lied. Of course you lied. She's crazy. Crazy controlling people who have boyfriends or girlfriends, they get lied to because they are crazy and controlling. And they really kind of bring the lies on themselves. You know, swap out porn for piece of fish, and this is just a call we've taken a million times, where the guy, it's almost always the guy, has to hide his like occasional use of porn because his wife or girlfriend loses her mind when she catches him, so he hides, he hides. Every once in a while, he gets busted and everything just explodes and the relationship's on the line and blah, blah, blah. And the only deal that works in that kind of porn discordant relationship where one person wants to use occasionally look at porn every once in a while in a healthy, reasonable way and the other person is completely unhinged and deranged about it. The only thing that works is a deal where you pretend that you never look at porn and she pretends to believe you if it were porn. So the deal you offer her is I pretend never to eat meat. You pretend to believe me. I will go out of my way to make sure you don't see me sitting down in front of plates of paella when I'm in another continent. But if you catch me every once in a while, you need to turn a blind eye and that's the price of admission to ride this ride. And you point at your crotch when you say that. And if it's not a price of admission, she's willing to pay you have to dump her. And if putting up with this bullshit endlessly is a a price of admission, you're unwilling to pay, then you need to dump her. And I, I recommend that you dump her. She can find some exquisitely pure, non-meat-eating, tofu-guzzling, loves-to-be-castrated, controlled, spineless, bag-of-slop at the office, no doubt. Today. You're not that guy. Dump the motherfucker already. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One audiobook to consider is Sex at Dawn, the Prehistoric Origins of Modern Sexuality by podcast regular Christopher Ryan and Cecile DeJetta which is now available at audible.com and you can download that book to test out their services for free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. That's audiblepodcast.com slash savage.
5: Hi, Dan. I'm a 26-year-old gay guy living in Boston. Um, love your show, by the way. I listen to it about every week and I'm calling because my boyfriend and I are in a relatively new relationship about 10 months and we both... Pretty much always been tops in our sexual past, but we're having a really great time fucking each other. Um, it's something that's really new for both of us, and as we're getting better and better at bottoming, there's one thing we can't quite seem to do, and that's get me to come while I'm bottoming without touching myself or having him touch me. Um, you know, it's something that I've seen guys that I've been with do before, and you hear about it with some regularity, but I can't quite seem to get over that hump. Um, it's something that would really turn on my boyfriend, and of course, I'd love to experience it as well. So I'm wondering if you or any of your listeners might have any tips or techniques on how to get over that hump, um, or maybe it's just something that some people can do and others can't. I feel like I've been pretty close a few times, but um, to no avail, and, and it's definitely not because I'm not turned on enough. So if you have any advice, Dan, we'd love to hear it. Thanks a lot.
3: I assume you're stroking yourself. Uh, When you're aroused and he's fucking you and you're bottoming, I assume you're stroking yourself. You say your dick is hard, but you can't quite get there. You can't come while he's fucking you. So here's what you do. He doesn't fuck you while you stroke yourself. He's in you. Have him put his big hard dick in you. And then you masturbate, basically. You stroke yourself while he kisses you, whatever else you're doing that turns you on, dirty talk, whatever. And you beat off while he... Just, you know, eases in and then you breathe and breathe and breathe and then he just stays very, very still. And then you work your way up. The next time, you know, he puts it in and you get to that point of no return and he starts to fuck you. And then gradually he starts to fuck you a little earlier, a little earlier, a little earlier, and it doesn't interrupt or or interfere with you, you know, getting to that point of no return and getting off while he's in your ass. And you can practice this on your own, of course, with sex toys, with dildos, with butt plugs. And I recommend that you do that.
6: Hi, Dan. I have a pretty simple question for you. My boyfriend and I have been together for going on four years now, and I know he looks at porn. It doesn't bother me at all. But today, I wasn't snooping or anything. I was looking for my paper on his computer to send to my teacher, and I looked under his recent images and saw a folder of a friend of his modeling pictures that he's been friends with is also his ex-girlfriend. Well, it's full of naked pictures of her, and it's not just one or two pictures, it's 80 pictures. And I wanted to know, am I in the, the right to be kind of upset by this, or should I just let it go? And try not to be bothered by
3: it. I'm curious how you stumbled across these pictures on his computer without snooping. And then verified that there were 80 of them without snooping. And that she was naked and all of them without snooping. Curious how that works. Exactly. Talk to the boyfriend. Should you be upset? I don't know if you should or shouldn't be upset. You are upset. So you should talk to the boyfriend. And you should remember that... Bear in mind, you know, perhaps he's beating off to these pictures every night. Doubt it. Hopefully you're occupying some of his time and some of his erotic imagination. But what you need to bear in mind here is that it's really easy just to store shit on your computer and forget about it and forget it's there. And, you know, a file with one picture in it is – would that have been all right? Would 10 pictures have been okay? Would 20 pictures have been okay? You know, somebody takes a mess of dirty pictures of their girlfriend – and throws it on his computer. He does, doesn't does then go through and, like, weed it out. Computer storage space is cheap. It does sound, though, that for you the issue is the number, 80. Are you familiar with digital cameras, digital photography? It used to be, you know, if you wanted to take a few Polaroid snaps of a, a sex partner naked, you could only have a handful. They were expensive. Digital is cheap. You start f- – snapping away with a digital camera before you know it you have 80 dirty pictures and then you throw them on you know you download them from your phone or your digital camera onto your computer and they're there and you don't necessarily weed out you know your favorites you just like leave the file sitting there with all the pictures you took in it so that there are 80 isn't some indication that he's 80 times more into her than he's into you or that's eight times less appropriate than it would be or more threatening than it would be if there were just 10 pictures Uh, The number is really, uh, considering the technology, irrelevant. And so it just sits there until a not snooping future girlfriend somehow stumbles across it and verifies that there are 80 of them exactly and that they are all naked pictures and then calls the sex podcast faggot to uh, unload. Talk to him. See what he has to say. Tell him you're uncomfortable with it. Own that perhaps you're being a little irrational and controlling. Not PETA paella, irrational and controlling, but a little, like, insecure about it and you want to hear him say whether it's true or not, you want to hear him say, oh, I just forgot they were there, I'll get rid of them and then he'll either get rid of them or he'll put them somewhere that even if you snoop like crazy, you'll never find them ever again.
2: Hi, Dan. I'm a 34-year-old gay male. Uh, The reason for my call today is um, I would consider myself a member of the Chubb and Chaser community in that I am Uh, someone who's overweight and uh, tend to be attracted to people who are uh, much smaller than me um, in birth. And um, my problem is that it seems that Chubs outnumber the chasers to the tune of perhaps a hundredfold or more. And uh, whenever I'm presented with an opportunity uh, with someone that, seems to be showing interest in me, it's very hard for me not to feel like uh, I must pass this audition very quickly and convince this person that uh, I am the one of the uh, hundreds of other options that he has that he should want to stick with. So as a result, I'm going to come on strong quickly and um, then oftentimes uh, either find that I've scared the person off because of that. Sometimes I find that um, maybe some of these people um, kind of enjoy the uh, process of watching someone's form in that way. I'm really not sure. But I was wondering if you could comment on the um, any knowledge you might have about that specific community or other communities like it, uh, where there is some differential between the two parties that can affect the relationship dynamic in that way. And then I wondered if you uh, had any tips for me in trying to understand how uh, I can put my best foot forward uh, without uh, coming off too strong.
3: I don't want to psychoanalyze all the chasers out there. And if there are chasers out there, guys, uh, skinny guys, athletic guys who are into big guys and you want to call in and unpack yourselves, open your, pop open your own brains and self-diagnose, uh, give us a buzz, 206-201-2720 and record your comments and we'll run them on a future show. I have, however, made some observations uh, of chubs and chasers that I've seen in my own life and there's really two kinds of chasers who are the skinny, perhaps athletic guys who are into great big guys. There's the guy, uh, the chaser, who's embarrassed and ashamed of his desire to be with bigger guys and just like dating a closet case, dating a guy who's you know doesn't want people to know that he isn't straight, it can be really kind of emotionally shredding uh, to be the object of desire for someone who isn't open about or comfortable with their own desires and they can take out their own self-hatred and shame on you and uh, it really is can be a very abusive situation, kind of abusive relationship. There are also – and I think these are the guys that you're describing, uh, guys who are you know, the athletic fit ones who are into the big guys who uh, aren't ashamed and don't care who knows and go publicly to places, you know, bear bars and, and big guy events where they can chase after the big guys. And some of these guys, not all, but some can really have an acute sense of their own power as the beauty object, as the, the, the con- more conventionally attractive one and that they really do have – Welcome to America. Welcome to the obesity epidemic. They have more options uh, than the Chubbs do. And part of, you know, and then some of even those guys, part of what turns them on about the scenario is the power and control that being the beautiful one provides them. We talked about the enthusiasm gap in the recent election. There is also, for some of these chasers, an acute sense of the beauty gap, and that's what turns them on. And you might want to avoid those guys if you're a chub because unless they can articulate this and they've thought it through in such a way where they can enjoy that power play without using it to manipulate or exploit, it can, like dating the guy who's closeted about his desire to be with big guys, be emotionally shredding. Just things to bear in mind. And now here's what you do. You have to learn to tell the good ones and the bad ones, the shame-driven ones from the open and healthy ones and the open and healthy ones uh, who you know may have a power fixation but aren't going to use that to abuse you and have uh, compartmentalized the power aspect of it in a in a way that's healthy and sexy for everyone involved and isn't going to damage you emotionally. You know that you come on too strong. So there's really nothing I can tell you that you don't already know yourself. You just have to – Tap on the brakes. If you're scaring people off, whether you're big or skinny, whether you're in demand or you're after people who are more in demand than you are, whether they're the scarce resource or you're the scarce resource, scaring people off is often a problem. People want to see that you have the kind of emotional intelligence that allows you to kind of play those games. Everyone talks when it comes to dating about how, they, you know oh, game playing and no one wants to play the game. And people shouldn't play games. No, people want to see that you can play the game because a relationship – is a game. It is sort of, you know, a relay race. And they want to be with somebody who has the kind of inside emotional intelligence. They know how to comport themselves. They know how to behave. They know how to act. They know how to be ingratiating. They know how to give and they know how to take. And that's part of what the game playing demonstrates early on. So you know that you come on too strong. So give them your phone number. Say, hey, if you ever want to hang out or go out, you're hot and you think I'm hot and you should own that. Give me a call. Let's hang out and then go the fuck away. Go get a drink. Go hang out with your friends and let him admire you from afar, someplace where he can take you all in. And it's really just an act of will on your part to make that change. You've identified and, and you're very articulate about a pattern that's hampering your romantic life. So make a conscious effort to knock it the fuck off. And if alcohol contributes to your coming on too strong, don't drink. When you're out in the bars, have soda water. Make it look like a vodka and tonic if you like, uh, but knock off the sauce. That often is a contributing factor uh, and an easily modified one when it comes to people coming on too strong when they're hanging out.
6: Hi, Dan. I am a 29-year-old straight woman, and I'm engaged to a lovely man. And um, we have a wonderful relationship Um, our sex life has ranged over the past four years that we've been together from perfectly fine to perfectly fucking awesome. Um, And part of the reason that it gets to perfectly fucking awesome is that we um, are both GGG, and we both have been open to um, expressing our kinks and our fantasies, and one such fantasy was getting involved in a threesome. Um, We talked about it a few months ago, but the logistics of it were a little bit difficult to hammer out. So, um, you know, I mean, Craigslist is super sketchy. Paying for it wasn't something that we ever even thought about. Um, So we kind of both forgot about it, or at least I did. And, you know, we moved on but um last night he told me that he had spoken with a mutual friend of ours um a while ago and they had been just casually talking i guess about threesomes and he mentioned that you know like asked if she had ever been involved in one and uh he said that we have been talking about it and she mentioned that that would be something that she would be interested in that helping us Accomplish, um, And, you know, she's hot. I am attracted to her. I think that that would be something fun for us to get into. And over the course of um, the conversation that my family and I had about it, it was great. You know, it was open. We talked about parameters and whether um, what we would be comfortable with um, going forward with it. So communication was open on our end. And I, I think that we can handle it. Um, the only problem is that this mutual friend of ours, um, who wants to hop in bed with us is also engaged to a mutual friend of ours and, um, she doesn't want him to know. So <laughs> would love for you to, um, weigh in on this one.
3: Sorry to grab you at lunch. We understand you're at uh, a fine-chain Mexican eatery.
6: Yeah.
3: (laughs) That we will not name because they're not sponsors of the show, so fuck
6: them. Oh, right, right, right. Uh,
3: So you can't speak very openly about the situation, but I can. I'm just going to let you have it. Uh, Okay. I love that you described uh, the conversation that your boyfriend had with this woman as a casual conversation about threesomes. Um, there are no casual <laughs> conversations about threesomes. There are merely feeling people out on the topic of threesomes. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and and I'm glad your boyfriend did that. I'm glad he initiated that conversation because it's brought you to the brink of maybe realizing this fantasy.
6: Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad he did it because, to be honest, I wasn't going to initiate it. I think we needed his maleness to get this ball rolling.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Thank God for maleness. Thank God for testosterone. Thank God for hard dicks. Thank God for cliche male fantasies like the two girls, one boy, three-way. Here's what I think you should do, though.
6: Yeah. I think,
3: I think you should go to this girl and say, we, we want to do this. We want to fuck the shit out of you. We want to have a three-way. Uh, it'll be a blast. You have to tell your fiancé. I know. He has to know. He has to know. And, you know, you guys may be the incentive that, uh, you know, allows her to have a conversation with her future husband-to-be that either prevents him from becoming her future husband uh, or opens up their sex life in such a way that they will be successful as a couple over the long haul. Okay. But,
6: I felt the same way. I thought, you know, we, my first thought was she shouldn't marry this man if this is a kind of a secret that she wants to have with him.
3: Right. I because completely agree. I
6: loved that we could talk about openly, you know, that this was something that we wanted to look into. And I couldn't imagine not having that and being okay in a relationship.
3: Here's the thing, though, I'm going to challenge you and your boyfriend with, or your fiancé.
6: Yes.
3: Is he your fiancé? He is. Okay, good. Yay. Here's what I'm going to challenge you and your fiancé with, however... You know, the conversation that she's about to have or will hopefully have with her fiancé may go better if she can offer him the girl-girl-boy three-way of his dreams. If your fiancé is down with fucking her and you, then I think your fiancé should be fine with you and her fucking him. Yeah. And so you guys can arrange sort of a fiance swap. <laughs> a swap where
6: swap of sorts.
3: Where you can present this to him and not as I want to have a three way and you're not invited and is that okay? And more of uh you know, we were having this innocent casual conversation about threesomes and they asked me and I'm intrigued and so they also offered to like we could do that for you and what do you think, honey? And then uh, I think you have a higher chance of hearing yes, if there's something in it for him, the other fiancé.
6: Well, I don't think that's going to work for my fiancé.
3: Hypocrites!
6: I, I know. Well, because I, and it's not that him sharing me with her, it's he, when I proposed that, sort of, like, well, maybe we should involve this other person in it. And he said, no, he's a slob.
3: I don't want him involved with you. Well, I'm not sure I'm so down with that. And who knows, maybe he wouldn't take you guys up on the offer, and that might leverage this girl into your bed sooner, but it does seem to me that if your fiancé is cool with fucking his fiancé, that your fiancé should be cool with her fiancé fucking you. And we need yeah. a little sentence diagram to follow that, but...
6: Yeah, I, I got it. <laughs>
3: And if not, if everybody's other... not cool with, you know, share and share alike, I think you guys should look elsewhere.
6: I I am thinking that that's probably where it's going to end up. But then, of course, it's the whole like, where do you find this mysterious third person?
3: We've well, already found you one. Know,
6: I know, and I, I, there is actually someone who is another friend of ours who is single, and
3: uh, a much better choice. Where do you right? find this mysterious? Yeah, you know, there are three and a half billion women on the planet. Most of them are single, and most of them are uh, of legal age. Yeah. So it's not like there's one other woman in the world, and she happens to have a fiance that she's lying to. You're so, you know yeah. that's a false that that that's a falsehood that you will psych yourself up into believing, so that you can go ahead and do what you want to do, which you know to be wrong. Yeah,
6: I know it's wrong. I can't. It's a bad secret.
3: And it's a secret that we'll not keep.
6: No, and that's what I said, too. I'm like, this is going to blow up in our faces.
3: It will. I promise. I guarantee you that it will come out eventually. And if it comes out five, ten years down the road and they have kids by then, or if it sets a pattern where she thinks she can get away with this shit and avoid having the kind of conversation she needs to have with her fiancé before marriage, you could really be not just hurting her and hurting him, but hurting people who don't exist yet. Yeah, and... But children, here's the thing, and, I'm not and I don't want to like
6: analyze them too much. But she, I'm not so sure she's into this whole marrying him business, which also provides me with a hint that she might be using this as an opportunity to get out of it.
3: This and may be her attempting to, to sl- her you know, to slam down her hand on the self destruct button. But she's she wouldn't yep. just be destroying her relationship with her fiancé, but your relationship with her fiancé. You say you're all friends. We're all friends. And if that's what she wants, if she wants out and she wants him to dump her because she acted out in some way where then she can sort of play the victim and she cheated on him, there's three and a half billion other men on the planet besides your fiancé that she can cheat with to destroy her relationship. Okay.
6: All right. So I need to find... I'm g- I am think that I should proposition this other friend. Go for it. And I, feel comfortable I tell you what, you
3: give me your other friend's phone number and I'll call her and I'll proposition her for you. <laughs> Unless you think that would be creepy.
6: Um, well, I don't think we could do it right now. She might be... I need to have a few cocktails with her.
3: It would be creepy. I was kidding.
6: <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I can't believe that we're chatting right now. This is fantastic.
3: Well, I'll let you get back to your lunch. I need to get on okay. to other people's problems. Yours okay, is a delightful you. problem. To, yours is a delightful problem to have. Sounds like you have options. Sounds like you two are in demand. Go fuck somebody else.
6: Okay, we will go fuck somebody else, and I'll send you an email and let you know how it goes.
3: Absolutely, I will want to see that email. We want an update.
6: Okay, thank you so much, Dan.
7: Bye. Hi, I'm I'm calling in response to uh,
2: show number two eleven about the kid with the uh, really fucking shitty stepmom. Uh, my dad is going through the same thing right now, and honestly, there's nothing you can do. like I said, have an intervention, but he's going to stay with him no matter what. So, if you need to cut him out, do it, and honestly, it probably be the better for you. Sounds like it's taking a toll on
7: on you. Hi, Dan. I just listened to your most recent podcast, and I'm calling in regards to the kid, the 19-year-old kid who is queer identified and has the hots for some girl. You didn't want to give him any advice. You just thought that He wanted his call aired so that she would hear it. So I would like my call aired so that he would hear this. You're 19. You need to find a boyfriend, not this girl. Um, I can understand where you might think that you have feelings for her. And I can tell you from experience that these feelings will go no further than just a best friendship. And obviously, it could go sexual if you make it that way because, you know... The plumbing is there and the ship will work if given the opportunity. But I'm going to tell you, that's not what you're obviously looking for. Um, also, don't be a homewrecker. I'm not anti-homewrecking or anything, but that's kind of what you're thinking about doing. And you shouldn't do that because she's been with this guy for 10 years. Whether or not she still wants to be with him is one thing. But after 10 years, she's not going to just hook up with you and spend the rest of your lives together, you know, happy forever. So, uh, just have a a fun best friendship with her. Don't fuck it up by fucking her and, uh, get a boyfriend.
8: Hey, Dan, long time listener. Actually been listening to your show since it started. Been reading your articles. Love the show. Obviously I'm prefacing that (laughs) because I'm calling about podcast 209 where the young lady called in, uh, having lost her virginity while, uh, a little drunk. And Dan, normally you're dead on, but the woman admitted that she consented to sex and accused this guy of rape. I mean, rape, Dan. And you totally gave her a walk. Totally gave her a walk and made her feel, oh, you're the victim. Oh, you should feel this way and that way. Dan, you were way off base with that one. She accused the guy of rape. It's bad enough that a man. Is automatically guilty if a woman just says, he raped me. And she admitted she consented. Way off base, Dan. Still love your show.
3: Thank you very much, everyone, for your calls and your comments this week. A programming note before we wrap things up. In last week's show, uh, due to a technical fuck up on our part, a f- caller's phone number was included in the uh, early version of the podcast. We caught it uh, right after it went out. We heard from people right away. We went in, we pulled down the podcast, we re-edited it without the phone number and put it back up. Um, We want to apologize to the person whose phone number went out. We want to assure everyone that we've put controls in place now to make sure that this never happens again. The person whose number went out, uh, we spoke with and uh, we were pleased to hear that They received no malicious phone calls, a few heads up from people letting them know about the error. Uh, But nobody abused that person's uh, number. Uh, And we want to thank that person for being uh, gracious and understanding. We want to assure everyone that we take it very seriously, um, that that error. And we've, uh, again, put controls in place to make sure that never happens again. Okay, we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number. If you'd like to record a question or comment for a future show, give us a buzz and me and the tech semi at risk youth will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast thanks for listening